Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Bolton here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Mary Ellis Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success, and I am so glad to be here with you today taking over the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students. I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. Today, it's my privilege to introduce you to Ryan Botner. How you doing, Ryan? I'm wonderful. Um, I'm excited to share your story with our students and um, I, I think you're going to be, I know you're going to be a true inspiration. So um, let's just start with, what do you talk about? I think everybody has kind of their word, right? Their word that they, that they like to make sure that we get across to say, this is going to be my, just my theme. This is my word. And, and that word for me is, is intentionality. And so everything flows from intentionality, whether it was intentionality to hire my first coach, intentionality to make my first cold call, intentionality to the way that we approach life and uh, just our intentionality about things to be serious, to be have a higher level of, of professionalism. So that's that's part. Of it. And then I've then when it comes to you know attitude is is always the the foundation uh, when I when I speak to people about my attitude about my attitude about my day about my attitude about anything uh, that's going to come the the definition of attitude is is a your settled way of thinking about someone or something and so when I think about my attitude about a certain situation I want to have the intentional right attitude I'm 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 picking up what you're putting down Ryan and I like it. Um, it's something we live by here at the Speaker Lab. We're very intentional with every decision that we make. And, um, you know, we'll often say, like, how can we be, how can we do this better? And then we're intentional on how we pivot and, and shift. Um, 
So I, I, I love that. And I, I think in today's world, uh, intentionality and attitude really matters. Um, I think it's gotten lost a little bit. And so if we were to talk about the opposite of intentional, like let, let's think about the audience that you stand in front of and you get to, to speak about intentionality and, and, and attitude. What's the opposite of being intentional? Well, I always say that preparation meets opportunity. So if somebody is unprepared for a certain situation, if they're unprepared for their day, they end up just repairing everything in their life. And, and, I, and I've, I've been guilty of that many times throughout my life. And so I, was, I, was, I woke up this morning, you know, I thought of right away, I thought of, you know, there's a quote that says, you spend your first 40 years of your life, you know, trying to be successful. And then, and then the next 40 years, helping other people be successful. Well, I've turned 40 in like uh, four months. And so I'm, so I'm like, this is it. Like, am I at my next 40 that I just want to help everybody else be successful? And that's all I talk about. I just want to, I, my, my purpose, my why is, is, is encouraging empowerment into people to live up their potential, to live up to their potential. And so, and you believe truly that that's through being intentional. Do you think intention, being intentional shifts your attitude or do you think you need both of those things in, in tandem? If you just, if you just basically look at, Hey, how, how can I fall in love with my day? Because success really comes in your daily agenda. And so how intentional are you about the can't see choices in your life? So like waking up at 4.50 a.m. when my alarm rings, that's a can't-see choice that I know I need to be intentional about. Nobody else knows it, other than maybe my wife. She hears the alarm, but... Oof, I'd be like, uh... <laughs> 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 you might want to sleep in the other room? <laughs> and so it's the things that I have to embrace in my life to say, okay, well, what if I'm not, if I, if I, if I hit that snooze or whatever, so... To be intentional, I put my phone in the bathroom so that an alarm goes, I gotta get up. And so I'm, I'm, I'm those can't see choices. I wanna try and be as intentional as I can about it. And then just, it, it keeps going with my accomplishment. I'm accomplishing one thing. I say, I tell people all the time, just make your bed. You know, make your bed. It's the first thing you accomplish all day. And even if you have the worst day at all, Mary Alice, you come home to a nice made bed. These are things that I lost throughout my life. I, 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 I'm the, so, I mean, when I really had to just get down to the basics and, and start to rebuild a foundation in my life, I felt the Lord just saying, hey, Ryan, be intentional. Make your bed. Just start. Let's just one thing after another. And let's rebuild. The Bible says if you want to really you know help help yourself if you if you start to lose yourself to do your first works over again well the cool part is we get to do a new day every day over again you know, we get new mercy new grace every single day and so i just want to get one percent better every day and encourage people to do that by intentionality i mean i, I love how passionate you are about it because you know when you're speaking about this it it does require some passion and it does require some diligence on your end to be living it. You can't stand in front of an audience and be like, you have to be intentional, but yet you're not making your bed, right? You know, for just for an, a, a simple example, but seriously, you know, so 
you could see that this has had an impact on you. So in terms of being intentional, where did this come from? Like in your first 40 years, you got this. You're ahead of a lot of people. And, and, and it's one thing that I really, I've been able to deal with uh, as of late is just not comparing anybody to, you know, not, not trying to compare myself, my walk with anybody, other speakers. You can literally just go down a rabbit hole if you start comparing yourself to every coach and every speaker. And, you know, so, I mean, first, the first one, this was about probably 20 years ago, one of the first people and the first books that I would have on my, was, was the John Maxwell Daily Reader. I had this 20 years ago and I still have it beside me. And so John was always speaking in my ear about intentionality, about attitude. He, he, but I, I wasn't embracing it as much as I should have, but it was always there. And so now if I was to compare myself now to John Maxwell on stage, I, I would lose. But, but I know that even John and Tony Robbins started with one person. They had zero audience at one time. And so if I can encourage anybody that's listening to this, even the, 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 the heroes of, of the speaking world, they, they started with zero people to talk to. Yeah. Well, I think too, you know, when you get into that comparison trap, you know, that, that opens the door to imposter syndrome, but it's to me, that's the opposite of being intentional because if I'm in somebody else's business, I can't be in mine. Right. And so if, if I'm not where my feet are, how can I make any decisions about being intentional and having an attitude of gratitude or an attitude that uh, makes it the best day possible, no matter what comes my way, if I'm so far outside of my skin and into what everybody else is doing? Would you agree to that? Absolutely. And, and, and what a lot of times, I mean, I've got some really great mentors in my life that, that speak life into me. And even some of them will say, Ryan, I admire you because I get so paralyzed by analyzing that it really hurts me. And so if, what, if you start to get into that fear mode, right? False evidence appearing real. And we start to, which is our society is everything's fear. Well, we can't do this, can't do that. We can't go do all these things. And so now there's even more fear on top of fear. And so that facing your fear with enthusiasm I mean, that's a whole nother talk that I do, just facing our fears. And usually the cool part is the proof so-called is in the pudding for me because every single one of my clients that are paying me right now, coaching and speaking, all came from me facing my fear, cold call walk into car dealerships, real estate offices, uh, corporations, and just getting out of my comfort zone. And so now I'm in front of them speaking, the corporation's paying me, I've established an eager want, or aroused an eager want, like Dale Carnegie says, I've aroused this eager want that they're more excited to give me money than I even want to take it. <laughs> All starting from that one facing of my fear. So when you, when you go into a corporation and you talk about being intentional, having a very specific attitude to have a great day, um, what what's some of the feedback that you're receiving? Is this aha moments? Is this like, you know, like what is some, cause that, that's one of the, I think one of the great things about being a speaker is when you get off that stage and people come up to you and they're like, man, this was powerful or wow, this really hit home. What are, what are some of the things that you're hearing in terms of that? It's interesting you say that. I just had a post interview, a uh, post event interview with uh, the, uh, event planner yesterday from a, uh, a, a talk I did two weeks ago. And um, 
it was about 76 people in the room. And so I just went through Eric's post event interview, you know, my little checklist that I got from, from Eric. And, uh, and so it, right away it was, you know, what's your definition? This is what you've defined success for the event. Did I meet your expectations? And, and she said, yeah, she said, well, we knew you were going to, you know, bring God. Cause I do give glory to God for what he's done in my life. Cause he's delivered me from, from really just a living hell, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. So I do give glory to God. Obviously if I'm speaking to, this was a state organization to speak to the whole department of agriculture, state department. So I'm not, you know, I'm not like I would a religious organization. What I would, when I talk more about God, I would probably bring some scripture even into it. So I, I didn't do that, but she said there was three people out of, out of 76 that, didn't like it at all. They were disliked the whole thing because I just gave some glory to God. Isn't that sad? Well, they just need to adjust their attitude. <laughs> I don't think it would have mattered. Those three people would have had the same outcome. Now, everybody else said, excellent, outstanding. Now, my challenge is, okay, how can we... Now, for her, I said, I want to I wanted be able to, in 2023, send you a proposal to do a workshop proposal so that we can continue to ingrain these intentionalities, the seven ways to be intentional in my life and break down each one so that we can get start getting more of a river flowing through these people so they can start adopting, adapting, applying to their life. And she was very open to that. And so it, it was a lead in. Once again, they paid me to come and speak. And now I was able to market. I didn't get any coaching clients out of that specific talk, which usually I do. But um, it was a bunch of government employees, so a little bit different than if I was talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs. I usually get about 5 to 10% that sign up for coaching. So how cool is it? If you're a coach listening to this, if you're not speaking, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because speaking, especially if they can pay you, there's no other business where they're going to pay you to speak. Even if it's 500 bucks, who cares? You're coming in and promoting your business. Yeah. They're paying you to market. I know. I mean, it's like if you think about paying Facebook $5,000 for ads and the amount of clients you get from that, it's not high. I hate to break it to everybody because you need to be paying them $50,000. But but you get paid $5,000 and you get five clients. Come on, do the math. I said that to a bunch of real. I did a group coaching for some realtors the other day and I said, how much you guys pay for leads? And they didn't want to tell me it's so big. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, what if we just were intentional about focusing on under-promising, over-delivering to this client? Same thing in an in a, in a, in event planner, under-promise, over-deliver. If we just have that mentality of being intentional about under-promising, over-delivering every single time, how much more referrals would we get? How much more clients would we get from that situation by just saying, I know what I can expect from Ryan? And, and having a level of performance standard that comes with everything you do. Yeah, but that, that's the gift of being intentional, right? Like it's not just about. It, com- it, it all comes, the you know, obedience to the process of being intentional is never fully understood until the back end. It's like my, son, my, my kids, I say, make your bed. They don't really understand the value of that until maybe even 20 years from now, they're going to be like, wow, I'm so glad I'm intentional about making my bed. I'm so glad I'm intentional about my, you know, my Bible stuff. I'm intentional because it's obedience that we, it's never really fully understood until the back end. What, what made you decide to add speaking to your repertoire of offerings? So I hired a coach um, 
And uh, I, you know, I just really was was praying about what, where I should go, what I should do. I had went through and did the John Maxwell certification, but that was, you know, I, I, it was like, well, now what do I do with it? You know, and, and so I did that, and then um, this man came in my life. He actually came small town, North Dakota. Like, what are the odds that a motivational speaker would come in this town? We have, I think, there's maybe fifteen hundred people in the town I live in. He came. He came and spoke to like the, the the ambulance and the firefighters and all this for the annual event. My, I didn't even want to go because I just didn't think. I didn't know what it was motivational speaker. I thought it was just some they're going to bring. I didn't know what they're going to bring in. And so my wife's a part of the ambulance. She said, "Just come." And so I went, and I, this guy came, and I mean, he was talking. He, he gave glory to God just like I do, and and he was talking about attitude and and and. And intentionality, all the things that I was like, well, this is great. So I tapped him on the shoulder at, at, uh, after he was done. I said, hey, here's my card. Can I get your card? I want to touch base. And I called him the next day and I hired him as coach. And I didn't have money to pay a coach. I said, this is what I got going on. I got five kids. I, I didn't have any. I, he's like, Ryan, we'll work through it. And so he took a he t- he took a shot on me, and so um, he's the one though that really helped me. He's been speaking and coaching for thirty five years. So, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, so it's a, a smaller. Um, and so, but he's the one that really you know after we did from coaching sessions, then it was like okay, you really want to do this? The you, you, he pushed me to get out of my comfort zone to make those cold calls to just start to 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 you know encourage me, put courage in me. To, to, to get out and, and do what I needed to do. And without that, I would have never done it. So God knew exactly who he needed to bring in my life for that. And then, um, <clears throat> obviously, I'm, I, for me, I just want to always keep growing. And so I, I was always very intentional about, I didn't want to have too many people in my ear. Because you just, you, you have an all too, too many people telling you what to do in your, early in your business, and you just end up going down rabbit holes. And so um, I, I did, you know, early, before I was, you know, kind of signing up with lots of different stuff. I was just doing too much. And it was a good friend of mine. He's like, Ryan, he's like, you could just literally go keep going down rabbit holes. It's like, you just need to, you just need to focus on one thing. You need to be intentional about one thing. And so that's what I did. And then, uh, you know, the, the speaker lab opportunity came up and it's, it's really been just a, 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 a blessing from that level of professionalism, just another level of professionalism, another level of preparation and being able to distrust the process. Yeah. What you have, I mean, you uh, did our virtual VIP cohort with Eric Ream. Yes. Um, and I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you were 30 days in and you were you were like three or four gigs booked. Like you basically paid five. for oh, five gigs booked. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Like what? I mean, you obviously took whatever Eric said and you ran with it. So what are some key things that you feel like you you did to shift the speaking business into or catapult actually <laughs> into action? Well, and so I was in a, I was kind of in a spot where I was speaking for free and you can get stuck doing that. And so, and it's one, one piece of advice to say, if you're, if, if you, and, and I've been a speaker kind of like Grant, you know, he was, he was a youth minister, right? So I've been a speaker. I, I, so life insurance, I would go in and speak to medical schools and doctors. I mean, I, I, I was, I was comfortable with speaking in front of people. Um, and so, 
I I um, was just trying to you know get my get myself out there, and then I brought in a couple coaching clients and. The first uh, month that I got, you know, I really got on my comfort zone. This was back in July. You know, like three car dealerships hired me to just to do like their, their training every couple months for their salespeople. So I'd come in 20 minute training. And so I had some early success. Like I made like 10 grand in my first month. And then after that, I was like, well, there's no more car dealerships. I got to, you know what, like I, I, I needed to, I, I needed to have more of a process and I didn't want to go through that. So the, the speaker lab helped me to understand the psychology of who's really hiring me. It's not the people we talk to that's hiring me. It's the event planners, it's the organizers that's hiring me. They're my client. That paradigm right there was like, whoa! You can't build a whole business on that, but that was like, okay, because I, I, I was aligned. So it's like some people that come in this, they're, most of them have probably done some speaking. And so for them to value and say, wow, these are people that are going to pour into you. Just pour in. And you guys are committed to people's success. I, I heard, I heard uh, a quote the other day that said, fall in love with the clients, which you guys do. Fall in love with their results, which you guys do. And then fall in love with the marketing which is, you know, just the whole, you, you could go on and on with that, but it, without leads, you don't have a business. Yeah. And I think in order to fall in love with the marketing, you really have to love what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Then the marketing comes easy, right? Then you want to get stuff out there. And I think about that, you know, I, I, I sold millions of dollars from life insurance and made millions of dollars, but I wasn't in love with the life insurance. I was in love with the commission. I love the people but I didn't love the people that I didn't, I didn't fall in love with the results. So I love the people, but I didn't really, the results were, I, I just, you did what you needed to do to make a sale. And so now once again, paradigm, I'm, I'm coaching people. I'm speaking people. I have more fun with a hundred dollar a session client or even just a trade. I've got a client right now that's trading me in this spice. He, he's got a, a, a seasoning. <laughs> but I, and he's so hungry and, and, and he's just, he's, he's hungry to learn and w- want to grow. And I said, you just send me some spice. And we'll, I said, we'll just go, co- you know, I have more fun with that than I do getting paid a thousand dollars to speak for an hour, you know? And so, uh, it's just, uh, it's about enjoying the journey, you know, but there's no better way to grow any business than getting out of your comfort zone and speaking. If you can just go in and go go speak, develop a little talk. I, you know, the, the big thing that helped for me too was scripting, uh, I, and and I appreciate that coming from the uh, the life insurance world. We everything was scripted, so I appreciate that. You know, and it's just a great concept. Yeah. So that big shift of understanding who you're marketing to, not necessarily who's sitting in the chairs. Do you feel like that's what really helped you get? the yeses that you've been getting, just that one shift. I mean, there's other things to that, obviously, too. Absolutely. They, they come from all over. So I've, I, you know, whether it's just random leads. And I, what, I, what I always do is whenever I get a referral, I get something, I'm automatically, I'm, I'm sending an email right away. But I want, I'll, I'll, if I have their number, I want to call them. I want to get them on the phone. I want, I want them to hear my enthusiasm, my incitement to be able to bring value to them and their organization. 
so instead of sending email now don't get me wrong the proposal stuff and all this all the templates of everything that you guys have done that's awesome but but having knowing what i'm going to say asking the right questions to that person that's going to hire me and literally saying when i talk to him hey i want to make you look great you know and a lot of people maybe they're new to their job like for instance the lady that hired me for the state she'd only been there six months you know so i just i want to make her look awesome that's one of the roles of a speaker <laughs> yeah it is in terms of that like you're bringing up a really good point and it's probably from your background of sales but you you really you know for somebody who's listening to this who um, might be doing the email approach and just feeling like they're not getting anywhere um, I think people have this feeling that if they were to pick up the phone, they're being invasive, right? Because of the the, the dawning of email and text messaging, we, we do a lot less picking up the phone. But it's I love always interviewing my salespeople because they're like, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Yeah. So, you know, do you feel that you get more or, or you get further along the pipeline or the prospecting when you pick up the phone? Absolutely. There's nothing, you know, and one thing I don't have right now, which I'm excited to, I'll be finished at the end of the, the month here is my demo. And so that, that will be a big, a big piece that is missing right now in, in why I'm probably not getting hired sometimes. Yeah. I mean, for the person who's been hired several times, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. much is missing at all. <laughs> exactly. And so, yes, I'm very thankful for that, but, but, um, put my, put my sales trainer hat on a little bit, you know, pick up the 10 ton phone, pick it up. Not to cut you off, but I want to, I want to really dive in on this because what do you think the biggest mistake people make when they pick up the phone and that's why it's kind of an awkward situation. What's the biggest mistake? Or if you don't have that, what's the, what's the number one tip you can give somebody when they're picking up the phone? You've got four seconds to establish rapport. Four seconds. So scripting out what you're going to say and what you're not going to make sure you know what you're not going to say. But, but, you know, asking the right question, you know, hey, I'm curious, tell me about the event. Before you talk about it yourself, or anything, just, just, hey, I'm just curious, tell me about this event. I just really wanna know. May I have your permission to ask you some questions? Those two things right there are like, wow, now you can sit back and just listen. It doesn't mean you have to make your remake your talk. You're just listening and that you're automatically you're establishing more rapport and trust with that person as they talk. The word rapport, if you look it up, it says a harmonious relationship between two people. It, it, it's literally just a harmonious. You're just you're, you're you're establishing that rapport. And now if you continue just under promise over deliver and everything you do you're building more trust but here's the thing you need to build the most certainty if i don't establish and build certainty that this is going to be a success that i am going to bring success to their event i lost them now so if i can bring those th those things and ask them well what's your budget now they can tell me you know what the, the budget that's that that's been a big one for me asking that question 
Absolutely. What's your budget? Before even before they do, because if they ask you first, you're in trouble. So just to say, hey, what's your budget on this event? I'm so curious. Tell me about the event, and and then and then they tell you about the event. And say you got to say what's your budget. And now it it could probably work okay if you say what's your budget. Now go a little higher than you might think. You know, kind of know. You just have a little higher. And say well, let's And then now you now you're starting to negotiate, which is tough. Oh, it's a whole other animal. Because then you, because you, you, you lose something. Oh, I should have did this and that. And, you know, it's you got to just stick to your guns. And, but early on, it's really tough because you want to speak. I want to speak to everybody. I'll do it for free. Well, don't put that out there. We want you to get right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I think too. I think it's it's one of those things where five years from now, negotiating is not going to be tough. Because you're going to have a non-negotiable and you're going to have moments where you're like, you know what? I, I really love this nonprofit. I'm going to reach out to them and tell them I'm going to do this for free. Because I always think it's really good to have um, a charity aspect to your business. And so you could do that for charity a thousand percent. But here's the thing. You're, when you get really good at this, right? As, and that's just years, right? That's just putting them out. Absolutely. It's like, you know, marathoning. The more you run, the, the better you get. Um, you, you just, you, you'll know, like, I'm sorry, that's, that's just not going to work for me. That's my non-negotiable line. Right. So, and you know that there's probably 10 other people who, who will hire you and need you. And so you start building that thick skin and, and you get real savvy when it comes to negotiating and, and managing your business. So. Absolutely. And, and the cool, the cool part too, is I've already, you know, the, the my coach that hired me. So if I, if I can't do it, then, you know, I could pass it to him too. And you just always keep continuing to those, build those relationships too in the future um, so that you're always meeting the need. You're bringing value um, to what it is. And, you know, I've, I've did, so <laughs> I've, I've applied for, you know, I do the call to speakers. And so you, I've applied, I've applied to things that I probably didn't, didn't even, they're like, well, this doesn't even fit. Cause this is what we do. And I said, well, it doesn't, you know, I, I just wanted to get my name out there as much as you can, but then, over time, it, it's like Eric says, if 70% of your business is going to come from repeat customers and, and, and or referrals. And so once you understand that, and I say, well, now, wow, I, I, need, to, I need to build a, a really good foundation of intentionality and under-promising and over-delivering. Yeah. I think, too, that should make everybody go, whew, well, that... That's a relief, right? Because you don't need to go close 100 gigs. You need to go close 10 to 20. And then those, those 10 to 20, are you're now introduced to two or three per event. You know, so it just grows from there. And I, I always say that to people. I'm like, get your numbers in perspective because you're, you're making it seem so big because you're, you're casting these wide nets. But if you're, if you're a person who only wants to speak 40 times a year, do the math, right? Um, and then if, if you want to speak 40 times a year, are you prepared to do 80? Because that's what that can quickly become, right? So it, there's a thing about building the business too quickly that could be very detrimental. And so you definitely want to pace yourself. Um, and I'm speaking not, not to you, Ryan, but to people who are listening. Um, you know, you, you have to pace yourself and you really have to get perspective of your numbers, especially if you're still working full time with the, with the goal of quitting the full time job. Um, it's, it's really important to manage that work-life balance so that you can still have some time for yourself, for your family, for your health. Let's not forget that. Um, 
So yeah, it, it's really important, but it's, it's a great point that you make. Like you build the foundation and then the foundation starts working for you, which is really one of the awesome aspects about the speaking business. Right. And, and you guys say it, the best is don't skip a step. And that, and that goes to anything in life. You know, just don't skip a step. Make sure you're enjoying the journey and you're, and you're gaining wisdom and understanding with every level that you become more professional because that's our goal is to become more professional. I want to, I want people to think about my business and, and, and when I come and speak that I'm just more serious than, than other people that, that they're looking at, you know, that I, that I care more, that I'm more professional. Well, and that's such a great point too, because it, it's not one and done, right? As a speaker, it's a skill. And so not only are you running the business, but you also have to perfect the craft of, of speaking, um, sticking with this intentionality. Like you have to take that intentional time to practice your talks, to, 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 to write new talks and practice those talks, right? You can't just show up and think you're going to hit it out of the park, right? Um, you know, something that I love that you're doing is having that post-event call. What went well? What didn't go well? How can I be better? How can I serve you next year? Right? Huge. Just put it and putting yourself out there and just saying, I want to grow. It, it, it's hard. You know, anytime you're, you're criticized, you know, we are naturally, we are human nature is not wanting to take that. Um, and so, but that's in those in those times in those valleys is where we we grow the most there's no question about it i i'll, I'll you know we i just did my demo <laughs> i'm just like oh I'm like this is awful <laughs> you know because i'm watching myself you know but it's that's how you grow is watching yourself and and but there's nothing that can replace enthusiasm if you are enthusiastic you will be enthusiastic. And so now if you're not, and you're not, the, the crowd's gonna feel that, you know? So you, that enthusiasm, but then controlled enthusiasm, right? The one thing I work on and try so hard is that my pregnant pause, it's that pause and slowing down. Cause we get to so that controlled enthusiasm. You know, Grant talks about it all the time. I, I, I mean, it's it's so true. Um, and if you do that, it's it's it, things are going to start to come more naturally. You're going to start to really just understand and feel. I want every person I talk to when I'm speaking to make it feel like I'm sitting down with them and having a cup of coffee, and I'm encouraging them, and I believe in them personally. And so it's important. One thing I always do before I speak is I go around and I just shake hands with as many people as I can make eye contact. One thing we lose in this world is that eye contact and it creates a connection. And now when I'm there, I'm on the stage, they can be, I just, I just met him where there's eye contact. There's a connection there. And you could, I could do a whole, I could do a whole workshop on that. I'd love to know, like a lot of the people that listen to the Student Highlight podcast, um, they're students or they're aspiring to be students. And so what would you say to them in terms of um, like, well, let, let's start here. What was like one of your 
besides the the one thing that you've shared already, what was one big takeaway from going through the course that you implement on a daily basis when it comes to your speaking business? Let me read you what I have. I have beginning, I have the word get organized and then keep it simple, stupid, and then CRM. And so I just want to focus on those three things. And if I know if I'm advancing my CRM system, is what for, for anybody who doesn't know, client relation management system. And that's one thing that honestly, I was already doing it before because I the guy that did my website, he's like, here's a CRM. And I'm like, okay, well, everybody has their own history on CRMs. I mean, I tried to implement it back in 2008 and it was a nightmare. And then I just went half in, half out. So everybody's got their own. But I tell you what, the user friendliness to these CRM systems now is unbelievable. And, and how else are you going to know? You can't keep track in your mind. And so to do case notes, every single day I post about my day, what I did. So I'm, so I'm taking case notes. I'm putting, filling the CRM. I'm updating things. And then I'm planning for my next day. And part of my next day plan is who I'm going to be calling, how I'm going to be advancing my CRM that next day. So every, just every day do a little bit. Every day make one phone call more. Every day, so it, just activity, activity, activity. There's nothing that's going to replace activity because you can't, you can't, you can't mess up a good prospect. And so, how do we get in front of good prospects? We just got to continue to prospect. Always be prospecting. I love the way you say always. Uh, <laughs> always be prospecting. Uh, but it's it's so true. It's so true. Like. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll have students come to us and say, I, I've sent 25 emails and, and not a one. And we're like, oh, <laughs> you need to stay in the stay in the game and send another 25 every day. Not every day, but you know what I mean? Right. So this is this is a long game. It's not a quick turnover. And the other thing, too, I think we all need to kind of check ourselves when it comes to this. If you're not picking up the phone and you are just going email, I want everybody to look in their inbox right now. And how many emails do you have that you will never open or answer and they will go right to trash? Right? I, I, I see right 1,364 <laughs> emails I have in my, like what? How many are you going to open? Right. The, yeah. And, and that, is, that is true. I do a whole training session to, you know, salespeople on the psychology of when to call, how to call, the email, text, the right way to do those things. But really what it comes down to is all you're trying to get to is you're trying to get to that phone call as soon as you can. May I have your permission to call that person, right? You know I mean? Then you're calling. And so Eric has, you know, he, he'll email first to get permission. I just call if I get referred, you know what I mean? Um, and then from there, hey, can I, I get your email? Get referred. Sorry, right? You, if you get referred, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got a, I got a referral to CEO of a hospital system yesterday uh, from, from, the post, from the post-event interview. She said, Ryan, I want you to write this name down. I think this would be a, a great person. So I wrote it down, looked him up, called him, left a message, added him to LinkedIn. And now I just, you know, add him to my CRM. And so I'm, but, but I called him first, left a message saying, Shelly told me to call you. Here's what I'm excited to bring value to your organization. Hope to hear frack from you. And so 
but that it just right away just calling. Otherwise, I want them to hear my voice. I want them to hear the excitement. I want them to be something different that they follow up with. Because everybody's sending an email or whatever, all this other stuff. It's just, there's nothing that replaces it. No, it's great. It's, it is great advice, especially when there's a referral name drop, 100%, no doubt about it. So if there's someone listening right now and they're like, oh gosh, I've been following the speaker lab and I, I really want to speak and I know I can do this. What advice would you give them if you could sit in front of them? I had a guy reach out on LinkedIn a few, maybe a month ago, I think. And, and he, he, we just connected because um, we're both coaches. And we did a, you know, he has a, uh, just did a quick call just to touch base. And, and I was telling him about Speaker Lab. I said, this, this is unbelievable. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm he, cause he's a coach already. I said, but it's gotten my coaching business. I mean, my coaching business now, because of my confidence that's came with all of it has absolutely flourished. And now it's continuing. I, I continue to have leads every, every month, every week because of my speaking. But I had to learn how to be a speaker, a professional speaker. And so, uh, it, anyway, I, I said I sent an email to Charles and he connected. I think he joined, you know. And so, literally, but it was just like, hey, if you're a coach, if you're in sales and you want to elevate your sales, get out of your comfort zone. Learn how to be a speaker. We're all speakers. We're all coaches. We're all teachers. Now, it's up to us to be a professional at it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, um, you know, they question themselves, they question their their worth around it. Um, but time and time again, we from our students, we hear that it was one of the best decisions that they made for themselves, for their business, for their families. And so, um, yeah, it's really about stepping in, going from speaker to professional speaker. That's a big difference. It's a big difference, you know? And I think uh, going through the speaker lab, I mean, I know I see it every day, really gives that confidence and clarity and, and a clear path. And that's our mission. That's our mission here. So, well, Ryan, we are so excited for you. We love how you're out there killing it. Uh, you have a great attitude. So intentional. Keep making your bed. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> and teach those five kids to make their bed. Oh gosh, no, but it's so true. Start your day. That's one of your top advice, right? Start your day every day and make your bed. And then that trickles into everything else and uh, uh, practice, practice, practice. But uh, we appreciate you taking the time to share your story with our students. And um, we hope you have a great day. Yes. Thank you so much, Mary Alice. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one -on -one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.